Quiet on the set. Action. Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast, where we create a film based on a random prompt from the internet. I'm joined by the three amazing Hollywood elite. Our writer, Kyle Decker, who has just been signed on to write Cars 4 through 8. <laughs> Jacob Golliver, our director, who is the only person in Hollywood who actually saw the King Arthur movie. Our producer, Ian Bryan, who is the guy who the internet is convinced is totally blackmailing Rotten Tomatoes for giving a bad score to the film that they like, goddammit. <laughs> It's, it's conspiracy. You, you suck. Okay. Anyway, um, or maybe that was just me. Okay, so uh, your prompt today is the theme of the story is a romantic crime. The main character is a peace-loving space navigator. The major event of the story, miscommunication. All right. So our opening scene, it says 2591. Man has explored beyond our own solar system. Finding new planets is now the job of lone explorers called rovers who explore deep space, long-distance spaceships that use solar power and everything to infinitely do that. These men and women are brave and bold, but they're also lonely. And so we cut to one of these spaceships in deep space, and you have a pilot. It can be male or female. I really don't care. We'll just give them the last name Magellan. Just throw that out there. Or that's the, that's their call sign. It's it's something Kelly Magellan in quotes driver. So it's Kelly Driver is our main character. It's a good gender neutral name. I don't the director can choose who they want to cast. And uh, in deep space, you know, it's just kind of monitoring. All of a sudden, woken up from sleep, gets a message that there's something there, and he encounters an escape pod of sorts that's of Xeno origin because it's not of human origin. And he docks with it because it seems what he does to give a distress call. And inside is the beautiful alien from another world. And he rescues this alien and befriends it and shares rations and everything. And they fall in love. But it turns out that this alien was escaping from their own planet. Once again, the alien can be male or female. I don't care. From some kind of uh, diplomatic escape being forced into something she doesn't want to do. Being the altruistic human that Magellan is, wants to help this alien escape. But through miscommunication, the other two sides think he's kidnapping, or the, the Magellan is kidnapping this alien. And so it ends up being basically a chase movie with Magellan and his alien love interest are doing everything they can making their spaceship and running from both factions of these warring alien factions that are in the middle of this miscommunication. And do you have and a title? The, the Horizons of Love. There, that's, right. that's a terrible title, but that's what I got. Jacob, you get a script for The Horizons of Love, and then in subtitles it says, this is a terrible name, I hate it. <laughs> but yeah, you have the whole script. It's like a journey song or something. Right, exactly. So, the of love. That's actually, yes, it's a very long subtitle. 
Um, so uh, you have three minutes to now take this script and yeah. go to the cosmos with it. Yeah, I think I think you've got some untapped potential here, but it's it, this this can work. What I'm imagining is we shoot this as very much like you know an, an adventure film. I think the the love aspect is important, but it should really be, you know, just like a cavalcade of places that they go to to try and escape these two warring factions which are just raging across the galaxy. So we can get some cool big set pieces and, you know, explodey stuff uh, without going, you know, too far into that. I think we should still focus on the characters. And I think they should not like each other when they first meet, but then, you know, kind of grow closer as things go on. In terms of our captain... I think I'm going to cast Sophia Butella because she is just in everything right now. She's but she's still not like, you know, the something that, you know, everybody is is going after right away. So, I think she would be great in that role. For our alien, I don't think I can cast anyone other than Doug Jones because Doug Jones is just whatever thing you want him to play, he just does it. And does it perfectly. So, I mean, that's fine. We can get somebody else to maybe voice his character. That's okay with me. But, you know, I'm imagining something with, like, at least three arms, possibly more, like, weird head shit. Um, you know, we, we can. I'm going to get some designers to look into that, see if we can, you know, hire some of the people from who worked on Valerian and get some cool stuff going for, for that. I want this to be kind of pop art sort of colors. Almost in the vein of, like, you know, a Guardians of the Galaxy or, you know, some of the, the brighter bits of the, the Thor movies. Something with, you know, a little bit more energy, more, you know, bright, fun candy colors from time to time. In terms of the, the warring factions of aliens, I think we need to get a little bit more about their, you know, interplay. And I think, you know, we either need to resolve that the characters are going to, you know, fly off somewhere and find their peace from this war... Or the war needs to resolve and they need to have some part in it. I'm not exactly sure which one I like better, but just kind of throwing that out there as a possibility. Uh, the, the title is going to change as well, because I don't know that Horizons of Love is going to sell. No, no, it's past, terrible. Past 1989. What I'm thinking is maybe To the Horizon. How about that? Does that work for you guys? Well, we'll see as we go to our producer, Ian. So you get to the horizons with a subtitle. Does this work for you guys? So what are you going to do? There's some stuff that I've been hearing. I love the fact that you can't decide on whether the captain or whoever should be any, what gender they should be. I think we should go middle of the row. We should go right for what the millennials and all the LBG community has. Do everything gender neutral. You can't, is it a man, is it a woman? We can't tell, we're not gonna tell you. I think we'll rope in quite a lot of that generation with that. For that, I think we can manage a nice budget around 140 minutes, about what uh, Independence Day Resurgence was, and they did seem to do all right. Sure, uh, yep, that's that's the narrative we're sticking to. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like the idea of the colors. You know, you want it to be bright and bouncy, even though it has this little dark undertone of the of the lovers with a crime and getting away from two warring factions. In that vein, I think the music should be equally as cheery, colorful, and upbeat, and I think it should be done all J-pop or K-pop. You know, we can draw strong parallels to colorful space, which we see in anime, and what do the millennials love? They love their K-pop and J-pop. You can sell that to the Asian markets. Yes. 
I would love the idea, since if we're going a, a gender-neutral route, I'd love the two warring factions to be the epitome of either side. So I want to see one as a, as a matriarchy and the other as a patriarchy, you know, just that continual, literal battle of the sexes. And we get our heroes right in the middle, just stuck between the two and not wanting to be with either. All right, so Kyle. So I've had I've had some ideas. So so the alien that is uh, rescued by our captain and everything has been uh, genetically engineered from like birth between these two societies to be the perfect representation of both societies to be their new leader. And this alien, this we never gave this alien in between. Maybe they don't have a name yet, but they're fleeing because they don't want to do this. They don't want the responsibility, the mantle of leading these two opposing forces bringing them together and that's why they're being hunted down because like these two like warring alien worlds can't have peace without this one person so they think uh what's it going to turn out is they just needed you know we'll have a nice message like they just needed to communicate they didn't need a leader to bring them together they just needed to come together and maybe our escaped alien can uh, do that. Oh, and one thing. So I, I love that we're writing a great space opera here. This, I'm digging this. If the world's do a good space opera, I think we can do it. One of my all-time favorite space operas is the 1980 Flash Gordon movie by director Mike Hodges. Gorgeous, memorable movie. People still watch it. That movie had cheery music, too. It's an entire soundtrack composed and performed by Queen. So I would love to, I actually, I'm a big K-pop, J-pop fan. I'm actually friends with the agent of Baby Metal, and I think we can get them to compose and perform an entire original soundtrack for this film. They have a little bit of resonance in America. A few people have heard them. They got a bit of a cult following, so it won't be completely unfamiliar. And it'll be, as our director said, huge in the Asian market. So... I'll make the introductions. Ultimately, it's up to producer in the studio. But like I said, I know Baby Metal's agent. I, we need to come up with a name for our escaped alien, but it should almost be like an alien word. I think we'll just get a team of like top linguist experts, you know, people with PhDs and everything, to create a whole new language, each one for these two alien races. They'll, like, they'll each have their own language by a team of linguists. I'll, I'll work with... With some of them, I'll give direction, but the alien that escapes that is helped by our protagonist will be, basically her name will be, or its name will be Peace in a conglomeration of the two languages, but it'll be something that sounds good, whatever the linguists come up with. And then there'll be nice, all the nerds on the internet can talk about, you know, they created, look at how much work went into this movie. They had teams create whole new languages and stuff for these movies. This depth and breadth of the world building is amazing because nerds eat that shit up. And then, like I said, with our budget and all, we'll, we'll have the great set pieces, great visual effects, and great performances against characters people can relate to because they're people they are just trying to survive in the world and bring peace and everything and make the world a better place. And all by right. the world, I mean the galaxy. So, Jacob, you've gotten back to the horizon and you've gotten a sweet deal with baby metal so what are you going to do with this you know I, I love the direction you're going and i think we just need to go balls to the wall with it i want this thing to look like basically like a live action anime like i want this to be like go go all the way in with the, the asian style and we'll sell hard in the asian markets i think that's going to work great for this thing so to that note i want to give our, our alien a more asian sounding name we're going to call him kenzo 
and then or you know it or whatever it is D- doesn't matter and i want the the sort of like overlying metaphor to be the inability to look to the future so the two warring factions are you know are basically fighting over ground that exists now but will you know as soon as they fight over it that ground no longer exists the places that they're going to are being destroyed and the uh, the people who will live there are you know, being taken over. So it's, you know, the it's sort of like the, the young versus the old, the, the future versus the past. That's kind of the metaphor we want. So to the note of anime, our, like, costumes are going to be over the top. They're going to be, like, kooky hairdos and, like, you know, bright, bright colored hair um, on a lot of our different actors. We're going to have, like, you know, flashy laser weapons, and we can totally do that with the budget we've got. So, like, flashy laser weapons or, you know, like, I think there needs to be mecha. I think the at some point their their ship gets an upgrade and so it can turn into a big robot. That's that's very important to me that this is in this film. And then at the end we can have like a really cool battle between their mecha and like some other like a like a whole battalion of mecha. And we can, you know, have this cool thing and you know, maybe there's something where since we're going with this direction, maybe like their love unlocks the potential of their mecha. Like they because they pilot it together, they're able to, you know, go into battle and, and win it. So, I don't want to get too close to, like, the Pacific Rim drift sort of thing, but I think we can do that. We definitely also are going to want to bring in some more Asian actors. I would love to get, like, Sonny Chiba or, you know, Ken Watanabe or somebody to come in and be one of the, you know, leaders of the various different groups. That could be really cool. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm really pleased with this. I think this is going in the right direction, and I'm, I'm feeling really, really good about it. All right. So... Ian, you have the last say here before it gets shipped out the door, so what are you going to do? I love the live-action anime angle, and I think to that effect, when I'm thinking anime, I'm thinking space, I'm thinking of Leiji Matsumoto, who is the creator of uh, Galaxy Express, Battleship Yamato, Space Pirate Captain Herlock. I think that would be a great way to go. Get his input for storyboarding, scene design, costume design. Give him, like, the mantle of art director, maybe? Yes, give him the mantle of art director in this. I think we would look beautiful. And, you know, we could probably draw in something that's a a little more contemporary in American culture that he's worked with as well in the past. We could probably get a little bit of Daft Punk in there as well. Their videos with him look magnificent. To the extent, I think a great person to go for for help creating an ang- an alien language as someone who has had a great deal of experience doing that for sci-fi. We reach out to uh, Mark Orkren, who is the uh, architect and developer of the Klingon language for the Star Trek, and Star Trek has spanned many generations. You get that in there, the nerds will love it. You know, we could probably direct him a little away from a little less hard or gritty sounding language something maybe that flows and you know much like we're saying anime something that has more of a fluid quality as the japanese or chinese language does i love the idea that doug jones's alien character is an engineered being i'm wondering if we should almost show a little bit of that too Get some nice techno babble in there for that, the nerds part to of, argue And over. that's part of what the power of love that unlocks the powers, that engineering. Oh, like Because yes. it, it feeds off, like, positive psychological energy. And since that relationship is, that positive psychological energy helps power their mecha. Yeah. How about that? I can write some techno babble in there. 
Yes, because that will keep nerds arguing for decades, and that's what we want. We want this movie to span the. We want to be the next Gene Roddenberry's in this. We want to create something that. I just as long as there's panels at every sci-fi convention about this movie, I'll be happy. Oh yes, they'll be lining up for blocks at Comic Con to come talk to us about our grand achievement here today. All right, so I'm going to take these results and put into the movie machine, which sounds like two giant robots shooting beams at each other, which then collide, and they got to gotta push the beam back. Awesome. You want to sound that Suck on that one. Thanks, Ben. Hey, So... So... The film doesn't do as well in the Western side as you probably would have hoped. Couple factors with that. Well, I mean, first off, you know, the older generation doesn't want to see this film because it's like, this is too much for me, and like, this is too wacky, and like, what is this, another Transformers movie? (laughs) And that stigma of giant robots, everyone thinking is like Transformers, is still kind of alive right now. It was cool also that you made your own language, but it turns out that most nerds either don't care or just assume that that was like Japanese or something, which, I mean, it doesn't, it has basically doesn't have any effect on your um, box office returns. Negatively Um, or positively, it's just neutral. Yeah, like, you could have not done that and absolutely nothing would have changed, but it was cool that you did it. But yeah, uh, this film does way better in Asia. First off, like, it's partially getting promoted as being like, a uh, big baby metal like live action music video so you have all their fans going to see that you know people in into big anime and you know it's like this is you know this big budget big robot movie all these asian actors and all this action this is amazing the fact that you're actually getting approached to make in a japanese made sequel or a at least a film to premiere there like they'll they'll fund it for you you know you do get a pretty good cult following at least in the States and the Western area, but I mean, you, a couple people cosplay it, but it's really in the Asian market that you're getting your big dough from. All is told, you make like, I'd say five times your budget back, which is amazing for what you were trying to go for. But of course, you know, Hollywood acts like, well, you didn't make it here, so whatever, you know? So uh, you've shifted your market over there. However, you do have two minutes each to make any changes you want to make. To this film? Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm really thrilled. You know, money that comes from Asia spends just as well as money that comes from North America. So I'm happy. I'm glad there's a huge fan base. And the cult fan following in the United States is what? Passionate. They show up. They're supportive. The subreddit, based on To the Horizon, is huge. Super active. Really enjoyable. I, I dig it. And probably my favorite thing to emerge from this whole experience was the uh, baby metal cover of Huey Lewis and the News' Power of Love. <laughs> I don't care for Huey Lewis in the news, but man, that cover is amazing. Have you seen the YouTube video? The YouTube video uses clips from the movie and some and like interspersing in like a, a show of baby metal, like recreating the music video of Huey Lewis in the news as well. And it's up to like 17 million views on YouTube. Like that thing, who wouldn't know? It's just a song that's kind of in the background that you barely notice because the action scene of the mechas fighting is when they're playing it because it's when they unlock the power of love. God damn, that song is just enthralling. It's an earworm. Uh, who would have thought? Baby Metal and Huey Lewis in the News is just equals magic. Yeah, I'm, I change nothing. I just revel in the glory and that sweet, sweet MP3 from Baby Metal is now on my iPod forever. All right. 
Uh, Jacob? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hesitant to touch this as well. Like, there's there's a part of me that wants to try and win back some of the Western market by giving, you know, a popular white man a, a role somewhere to, you know, try and draw more people into it. But I don't know that that's going to necessarily draw old folks who hate bright colors and anything with a genre. So. Or anything fun. Right, yeah. You know, I think I'm just going to, like, double down and focus in on the romance, make sure that the, you know, the scenes between, you know, Sophia and Doug are just really touching and beautiful, and that the action sequences are, you know, over-the-top and gorgeous and smooth. They don't look, you know, goofy or, you know, completely, you know, un- unwatchable. They have nice nice choreography and beautiful graphics. It's, that's really what we want, you know, and then I'm, I'm going to have Baby Metal, like, record a whole cover album like that's my next project it's just like i'm gonna spend my profits from this movie to have baby metal do like an an 80s cover album for like all my favorite hits i really want to hear them do like take on me i want to see like blue monday yeah blue monday (laughs) hungry like the wolf yeah there we go now we're talking sweet dreams yep gotta get girls only just want to have fun yeah this is baby metal does the 80s yeah So that's that's really it. Honestly, I'm I'm all good there. I wouldn't change a thing. All right, Ian. I'm very happy with how this performed. Although I might say we we can reach out to, with marketing a little better. You know, there's been some success and fun with people recutting movie trailers to make them appear slightly different. You know, we get the people involved who. Uh, Made Shining look like a romantic comedy where it's just a guy who's down on his luck trying to reconnect with his family. So we get those people. And on those traditional media that the older generation won't leave, we just put those ads out on uh, on the television. Just you know, really trick the elderly. Just trick the elderly. <laughs> I'm sure that once we get them in, into the seats, they'll be perfectly happy and won't complain a bit. Robots can't fight in space. What's going on with the movie, Jerry? <laughs> and then, you know, our standard ads that are in the movie theaters or streaming, YouTube, all those uh, easier access that the, the younger generation already loves, those can have the real trailer. And then that'd be a fun little bit for... Uh, it's like, why are you going to that? Well, I'm going to go see this sweet romantic comedy. And it's like, really? I'm going to go watch Aliens blow shit up. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. To some people, that is romance. <laughs> yeah. So, your ploy for tricking the elderly has an interesting effect. So, you do get more elderly people in, and then they talk about how much they hate the movie, which ends up bringing down the score. Also, some millennials don't go see it because them on the marketing seeing that, oh, this movie's about, like, love and space and someone, I don't know, you had him, like, someone, a, a cancer survivor learning how to love again kind of thing. Like, that wasn't the movie they were expecting, wanting to see. Um, word of mouth does eventually bring them in, though. But all in all, those cancel each other out, basically. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, just a minor note, uh, you're upping the Sophia Doug uh, romance has created a really long-lasting shipper battle between the Sodugs and that's their ship name. Okay. And someone who, for some reason, everyone ships him with the one villain lady. And I don't know mm-hmm. why. I mean, just that one scene they had together. But, uh, yeah, that was the machine. And um, well done, everybody. And we're going to end, as always, with a quote from our patron saint, Guy Fury. If I do eat it all, can I sleep in the walk-in? <laughs> All 
And by the way, just and feel free to cut this part, but if Jacob does not feel like finding that sound effect, I will make it right now. Brother, you did it! Okay. <laughs> Oh, that's I got so spit. good. I got spit over. <laughs>